Welcome to Sky's the Limit with your host, yours truly, Sky Estroff. Welcome. Today, we're going to bring Alpharetta's acclaimed Casa Nova to you with a special conversation with owner Maria Fundora. We're 25 years in, and this year, Casa Nova was awarded the Wine Spectator Award of Excellence, TripAdvisor Traveler's Choice, and Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce 2023 Small Business Award. I mean, in 2023, like this is a lot of accomplishments. The accolades keep rolling in. I wish that you could smell the smells and feel the feelings. And just, I hope that this conversation today conveys the warmth and the care that Maria and her family have been putting into this restaurant for the past 25 years. So welcome to Sky's the Limit podcast, Maria. I'm just so honored to be here and being able to sit down with you. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, Sky, what an introduction. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to sit with you today. And now that you've mentioned, check, check, check. Wow. It's been an amazing year. Thank you for having me on. I'm really thrilled to be with you and to chat with you today. Oh, good. I mean, it really is one of those things. And this, I had this for later in the conversation, but 25 years is nothing to sneeze at in any industry. But in the restaurant industry, I harp on this on my segments on TV. It's an eternity. Like 25 years in this industry is an eternity. And the amount of success that you've had and this year alone is just remarkable for any restaurant. Like, does that success, do you, are you able to sit with that? Do you feel that with you? Or how, how does success kind of relate to you? Wow, uh, great question. Um, it really just it makes me want to do more. <laughs> it's like a, a springboard uh, for myself to think about uh, what other things that we can accomplish what other uh, part of the community can we affect? What parts of families can we reach? Um, it's really, it's a, like I just said, it's a springboard for me mm-hmm. of what other things that I can do going forward into the future and actually laying out for my family to, to continue yeah. uh, to go on. Okay, that's said like a true Aries right here. It's like, yeah, I feel the success, but really I just want to keep working harder and I keep wanting to do more. So I, I definitely am not in this present moment with it. I'm just keeping going. And maybe that, maybe that attributes to all the success. I am also an Aries, so I think the same way of like, yeah, that's great and all, but I'm not really acknowledging it that much because I want to keep seeing success in my future. I guess I identify with that and I can relate and maybe that isn't a bad thing. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's about uh, maybe as I grow older, uh, in my brain, I feel like I'm 25. Yes. My body says 64. No. Uh, Yes. No. No Uh, My mom used to say uh, and taught me that the word impossible does not exist in my vocabulary. Wow. So um, as I grow older... I try to surround myself with maybe younger people that I can maybe share my experience so they can accomplish other great things. Yeah. Uh, and I feel about that very much so in, in my community, uh, with friends, especially also my children mm-hmm. and even my team, the people that I uh, work with that I've seen start working with me since high school. Yeah. And now they're uh, adults and they're buying houses and they're having children. Um, and I feel like I'm a part of that. Um, that makes me feel good and it makes me feel to keep going yeah and connection just the connection point of what you're doing in this world is affecting lives around you or you're a part of other people's story that's really beyond special I think that is so life-affirming and it's just it's a beautiful thing that you're able to have that in your life I I absolutely I agree with that totally um I don't really like to get a lot of recognition to be honest with you um, <laughs> Sorry to make you uncomfortable <laughs> in the first three minutes of this yes. podcast. Yeah. Um, I like my work 
to have its own voice. Okay. That it speaks for itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, not that I, I can get on uh, your podcast and say, I've done this and I've done that and I've yeah. done this. But I think that the work um, that I have done as an individual mm -hmm. and also as a business and as being part of a community, yeah. um, it speaks for itself. I, and, I love that. And that makes that gives me great peace and great joy. Yeah. Um, so. And it's so beautifully said, too, because that's that to me defines success, that you can see that and feel so strongly about it and feel that this is something special that you're bringing into the world and not have to be like listing the accolades for you to feel that there is something happening and that you're attributing attributing to the progress of the world through your work and letting that speak for itself. That's, that's when I know that this conversation was meant to happen because of the authenticity that you bring to this world. I totally agree. I, I had uh, one of my uh, priest friends, I'm yeah. Catholic, um, come in and he asked me, he said, oh, you know, I haven't seen you at church. And I answered, I said, you know, um, you might not have seen me in church, but I'm in the fight. I'm in the front line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, I'm sure I your am. patience is tested on us <laughs> daily, weekly, hourly basis around here. Yes, I'm volunteering. I'm um, giving time to other families that allow me to come into their lives. Um, I'm helping people um, when I get asked to to help in any asset that has to do in the in the community. Mm -hmm. um, I say yes, yeah. and I go forward. So I really feel like I'm in the in the front lines of whatever it is that's happening in uh, my community. Whenever I get asked to do anything, whether yeah. it's um, giving money or giving time or being part of a project, I never say no. Dang. I always say do yes. Do you want to publicize that? Because, I mean, <laughs> you're about to get a lot of requests. Then. <laughs> but it's the truth. I really, yeah. in some capacity. Yeah. Um, you, you find know, a way. I, Nothing yeah, is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Yeah. If you really want it. You can make it happen. What an incredible role model for you that your mom instilled that, that nothing is impossible. Like that, I think for you to be a woman who's worked your whole life and seen so many things, like for you to know that a woman instilled that in you, uh, that's what changes the game in this world and changes the progress. So let's, let's roll it back a little bit, make it a little bit more, um, <laughs> less you know, heady and a little more understanding of your life growing <laughs> okay. up. Sometimes I get too deep too fast with it. But um, let's talk about your life growing up. You grew up in Chicago, right? That's where you grew up with your mom and your dad? Yeah, uh, that is correct. Uh, actually, I'll take it back a little farther. Yeah. I'm an immigrant to the United States. Wow. So uh, proud to be an American. Yes. Um, but I was born in Havana, Cuba. Wow. And uh, my father escaped in a little motorboat in 1962. Oh, my gosh. And um, so he got his paperwork in order when he came to the America. And mm -hmm. he claimed my mother and I through legal channels. And um, we flew out in flights called the Freedom Flights that came out of Varadero, Cuba. Wow. Uh, came to America in uh, 1966. I will never forget going on an airplane for the first time and i was sitting next to my mother and as the plane took off that we looked and we saw that beautiful caribbean sea my mother said we do not know when we will be back oh. and as we came into miami and how old were you in that moment? i was six years old wow and um i arrived in uh, miami international it said welcome to miami or i took it like welcome to um, America and you know here I was didn't know the language uh, there was no work in South Florida so my parents migrated to uh, Chicago Illinois okay. and I grew up in a Polish and Italian neighborhood we didn't have a lot sky yeah but what I saw whatever we had we shared with our neighbors we shared with uh, community members or other Cuban people that were coming into the Chicago area, or even people, uh, people of color that were in our neighborhood. Yeah. Whatever we had, we shared. 
and that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. um, my mom was lucky enough to um, get a job with uh, Western Electric Ma Bell, okay. which was the company that she retired with uh, 35 years later. Uh, my dad was a, a restaurant tour. I remember our first little restaurant was called uh, El Gallito, which means the rooster. <laughs> so that's kind of the environment that I um, grew up in. And, and as I grew older, that um, we got better financially. Mm -hmm. um, wherever we would travel to, my mother would always go to um, the poorest neighborhoods. And she would take candy, or we would. She would have dollar bills, or sometimes we would take medicines. You know, the little yeah. disposable Tylenols or whatever. And that's what I saw my mother. She would be giving uh, to all these people that we didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, whether we were in a church or we went to a community center or we were in a poor neighborhood, wherever it was that we traveled. She always did this, and yeah. this is what I saw. And I used to say, wow, this is something that I want to do as I grow up. Mm -hmm. um, so I... Uh, um, it grow, shaped you. It, sh it did definitely shaped me as to the person that I am today. Yeah. My mother was such an amazing woman. Just to, to come into a country in, in her 30s and not know the language and just to to go forward you know um, myself not knowing the language um, started school at uh, second grade in a in a catholic school and um, i cannot imagine that true st <laughs> true story yeah. um, and just learning english i learned english i remember in the first uh, uh, six months mm -hmm. and um, sometimes i was actually the translator for my uh, for my parents yes. because their English was not as good. So here I was a, an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old uh, saying to my parents, this is what this really means in, in Spanish because Spanish we still spoke at, um, uh, at home. Yeah. But it really shaped me to the person that I am uh, today. Um, just seeing both my parents because my father being a, a, a chef and a restaurateur, of course, same kind of thing. You get asked to do so many things. So I remember my dad, you know, he would donate yeah. food to any of the events that he wow. was asked to in in uh, Chicago as well. So I grew up in that in that journey. I never thought I would be a restaurateur <laughs> myself. I used to say, okay, mom, this is kind of tough. I don't think I'm ever going to marry anybody in the restaurant business. And I am definitely not going to marry somebody from Cuba. They're just way too macho for me. <laughs> too <laughs> boom, <macho>. boom. <laughs> I married another person from Cuba and here I am a restaurateur, right? Fast forward the rest of your life <laughs> yeah, shaped up a little differently exactly, than yeah. what you had planned. But in such a special and auspicious way, and it was supposed to be that way. But, wow, I think that's so cool. It also, the mentality of you growing up, having to work extra hard to learn a new language, be a translator for your parents, witnessing them having to assimilate to a new country, a new culture, a new atmosphere. I, they probably weren't interacting with a lot of Polish immigrants coming from Havana either. It's a whole new world. Like, I, I think that that beyond instills that work hard and focus mentality in you. Am I right or wrong on that? No, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it was just a, it's a, was a whole new place mm -hmm. uh, for them, you know, but it, it's Chicago is such a great city because there's so yeah. much diversity yes and uh, all those different groups you come together because you have to to survive mm -hmm. and that's what my parents did I said I grew up in a Polish and Italian neighborhood and um, Spanish very similar to Italian uh, the only difference between Italian food and Cuban food is their staple is pasta, ours is rice, but all, <laughs> it has all the same ingredients, you know? Totally. Uh, all the garlic and the red sauce and all, just very, very similar uh, in style. I remember uh, my mom um, would make risotto. <laughs> Yum! That's kind of your mixed understanding of culinary right there. Absolutely, it's like, okay, absolutely. we could do Italian. We could do rice. We can do that. Absolutely. Aborio absolutely. rice. 
Do you want a dentist that actually spends time getting to know you and your needs? A practice that not only provides regular cleanings, but also excels in straightening teeth, replacing missing teeth, and helping highly anxious patients? Peach Dental is a family-owned practice that does just that. If you're looking for an elevated dental experience, join me at Peach Dental. It's where I go to keep my teeth healthy. Dr. Resnick is offering a special discount for Sky's The Limit listeners. Get 15% off teeth whitening and a 10% discount off of their office membership plan. Visit peachdentalatl.com to learn more and book your appointment. Again, that's peachdentalatl.com. Wow. Okay. So growing up in that and also just... I, I think that anybody who has dedicated their life to the world of food and hospitality understands that food is that common denominator between all cultures. And that's definitely something that opened your eyes at an early age. And so now you living this life and ha- celebrating a 25th year of Casa Novo, to get there, we would not get there without your relationship with your late husband, Antonio Tony. Um, tell me about how y'all met. Was it in Chicago? And obviously he was Cuban and he also was in food. So you really just defied all expectations yes. for yourself. <laughs> totally. Um, actually, we met right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Um, my first job out of college uh, was in 1984 and I moved to Atlanta. And my mom had an opportunity to move as well okay. um, with Ma Bell um, to Lucent Technologies, and we moved here to Georgia. Uh, the Cuban people are very much like the Italian people or the Greek people or the Jewish people. Yeah. Um, very ethnic that this one knows that one. So we met this Lots lovely... Lots of geography happening. Yes. In my culture, it's Jewish geography, but yes. it can happen with any culture. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we met this lovely lady. Her name was Adela. Um, she actually still still alive. Uh, she's 89, wow. and um, she knew everybody in the Cuban community here in uh, Georgia. So my mother, her and my mother uh, worked together. And I said to mom, I said we need to be friends with this lady because that's how we're going to meet yeah. other people, so you, we can have some friends. Yeah, we need a friend also- here <laughs> in Atlanta. It'd be <laughs> exactly. nice to talk to somebody else. Thank you. Yes. Um, so um, she spoke to me. She said, you know, um, there is this um, uh, gentleman. Um, would like to meet you mm-hmm. um he's from cuba and um you know he's a restaurateur i said well how old is he and he told me i thought maybe he's a little too old for me just why don't you just meet him so tony and i went on a blind date uh august 10th 1987. wow uh we ate actually at a later a great friend i don't know if you remember a place called mara's on cheshire bridge gene okay. mara's place we went there for lunch and uh, that was our first date. And to say the least, we got married two months and 16 days after we met. Somebody's taking notes. Two months and 16 days, <laughs> August 10th. We know the facts and figures around this blind date. We got married wow. uh, October 26th. When you know, you know. You know. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, I was wife three and he was husband two. Yeah. Um, but we were married for 35 amazing years. Mm. Um, had three beautiful children together. My husband, Antonio, oh, Sky, you would have loved to have met him. A magical man, talented, uh, hardworking, also from Cuba. First of his family to come to the United States. He came by himself? He came by himself. He brought 56 of his family (sighs) working in this industry. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Offline, I'll have to tell you about this documentary. I don't know if you've watched The Donut King on Hulu. No, I haven't. Okay. You might want... It was one of the best documentaries I've ever watched, and it was about somebody who came from Cambodia and did the same thing, too, of bringing in all these family members. That would be a nice identifier. But continue. I I don't want to go off on a tangent. But I didn't know that anybody else... I, I didn't 56. know that these stories existed. For Tony to bring 56 family members over, Working what a mensch. Oh, my God. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, he brought them through uh, Mexico, uh, through Costa Rica, through Spain. Um, wow. His grandparents, his parents, um, his siblings, his um, uncles, first cousins, aunts. Um, 
I mean, he was really an amazing man, all provided by hospitality. Yes. Um, when he came to Atlanta, he worked at a place, um, well, several places uh, uh, here in uh, Atlanta. Um, called Salvatore's. Uh, it was across from the Fox Theater okay. uh, next to the George and Terrence yes. Hotel. Yes, yes, historic, historic site. Yes, yes. historic site. Uh, worked with uh, Papa Nino and Mama Nino at Nino's on. No way. Uh, still there. Still yes. there. Still there. Oh, did I, uh, I'll have to. Did they have beef down the road or no? They were. The friendly competition, Alfredo's uh, and Nino's, or uh, no? The, it was friendly competition okay, okay. at the time. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk yeah, offline yeah, about that, too. We can talk too. offline yeah. about that. And he um, decided, uh, being here, that Atlanta would be a great place to open his first restaurant, which he opened uh, Alfredo's, wow. 1974. Uh, opened Alfredo's, if you can believe this, with only $10,000. No, uh, no. With today's inflation, <laughs> I mean, you could buy a table and some chairs of one table and four chairs, maybe. That's incredible. But it was meant to be for him to buy absolutely. the restaurant with that. And the, uh, the name Alfredo's came from, he actually, he opened it with two of his uncles. Okay. One from his mother's side and one from his father's side. Wow. Uh, Raul, Tio Raul. Yeah. And, uh, Tito Alfredo. That's why it's called Alfredo's. Was um, Raul mad about that, though? Uh, no, I <laughs> it's like, I you prefer Tio Alfredo a little bit more than me. Well, they thought, well, Alfredo, uh, Fettuccine Alfredo yeah. from Italy. I, I it think it be, fits. It yeah. fit perfectly. Um, so we opened Alfredo's in 1974. And I mean, it was an, an, an Institution. Icon. Absolutely. I, actual, I've dined there. Yes. Amazing, yeah. and actually, Casanova mm -hmm. is like the Alfredo's because yes. when we sold our last restaurant in Buckhead, mm -hmm. which was 1996, which was uh, Avanti's Pescevino, okay, we took a couple of years off, and when we decided to come back into the industry, um, he said let's go back to our my roots let's yeah. go back to our roots let's go back to alfredo's where it's a smaller place that we know sky if you come in yeah. and you like chardonnay we know what you like <laughs> a jordan <laughs> chardonnay right in front of me right now uh and that we know that you like our sausage and peppers and we know uh that john smith likes lasagna that we know and we get re-involved and re-engaged mm. with everyone that walks in our door that's so, a real deal. Uh, that's how uh, uh, Casanova was born. Uh, and it's the same menu as Alfredo's because yep. they're all my husband's recipes. Um, same menu, um, same desserts. Um, we, of course, have specials and have new things that have, you know, happened mm -hmm. since he opened Alfredo's yep. in 74. We opened Casanova in 1998. Yes. Um, Hence but the 25. Yes. Hence the 25. <laughs> but um, here we are. Right. Well, I mean, here we are. It's an extension of Alfredo's. Alfredo's closed, I believe, in 2016, right? Yes, that's correct. And I told you earlier, I was there on closing week with my family, enjoying some great garlic bread, some great lasagna, just all of the delicacies. We I probably ordered everything on the menu times 10 because we were like we gotta <laughs> we might need to stock the freezer yes. with these dishes absolutely but um uh the extension exists here at casa novo but you were open prior to alfredo's closing obviously you were open um 18 years before alfredo's closed so besides it being your intro back into the industry to a certain extent what inspired the name what inspired like this culture and atmosphere you also were like a farm to table before t farm to table was cool you own land all of your sunflowers all of your peppers are coming from your farm. like run me down with the what inspired this exact restaurant well we had two names okay to to think about yes um, casanova which yeah. would be a new beginning or casa vecchia okay uh, the old house thinking about alfredo's yes uh, coming from from that standpoint of yes. view um, but we just thought new life, Casanova, at the same time when you say it, yes. people think about 
Casanova like the lover. Suave, so, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sexy man. Absolutely. Yeah. So it really means new house in Italian. Okay. Uh, but my husband said, well, people would say it. They're going to think about the Italian lover. So let's go with a Casanova. Paint a picture in their minds first. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we live two blocks from here. Okay. And uh, uh, we live on a farm. Wow. And my husband was always trying to do new things to keep people engaged, mm -hmm. right? You always you have your core menu, but mm -hmm. you always have to have new things to have people come and say, oh, my God, this is new, or how did you think about this? So um, he said, how about if we start growing some of our own food? This was 2000, wow. the year 2000. I remember I said, you're crazy. You're only going to spend more money, and why are we going to do right. this? He said, trust me yeah. i said okay <laughs> and so i remember that we planted he planted um one acre we we live on a 22 acre by farm. himself basically uh, we, that's a lot of planting let me tell you i have like um a garden box in my backyard right now um that has i think 18 plants in it oh yeah that's a, that's a lot of work to keep that up so okay well, an acre is a is a lot yeah so that's how he that's how he started i think he he planted some tomatoes and some peppers and some corn and um that's how we started and from then on every year um he would either buy trees so we would plant fruit wow. uh, for gelato uh, or he would add, uh, okay, this year we're going to uh, plant some lettuce, and or this year we're going to start uh, um, planting some eggplants. So every year he would add to it. Uh, and now this past year we planted 14 acres total. Oh, wow. Between our sunflowers to our, our trees, our fruit trees that we use for... Uh, the um, gelatos mm -hmm. uh, to silver queen corn to all the different colors of peppers like this year in particular mm -hmm. we've had the best harvest for eggplant that we've had in 10 years we wow. have eggplant I mean amazing amazing and every you know kind of every year it's some a little years different are, it's a little different yeah. right you never it's, know what you're gonna get you never know what the best the is gonna be the yeah. weather um, so it's really it it makes you feel really good because the recipe is the same yeah but when we're using the items that we're growing which are organic mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you but it's better oh it's so much better it's well lots of different factors in it being better one coming from the farm literally to your table the freshness the vibrance of these different vegetables and fruits that you're able it's more flavorful it's like i swear by that i order all of my produce from local farms i, I don't know if you do fresh har well you don't have to do fresh harvest you have 14 acres of produce on your own um land but i i order that way because if i ever have to stop into Publix or something no offense Publix, your produce has been sitting in a warehouse for a long time it's not the nutritional density isn't even as high with those types of produce than like just fresh off your farm. Absolutely, yeah. uh, it just, um, it, it just what, everything you just said, yeah. the flavor is just unbelievable. Uh, and in addition to that, people say, well, why don't you sell it? What we do, what we can't can or what we can't freeze mm -hmm. or jar you come here on a July night, you'll go home with a bag of tomatoes or you'll go home with a bag of corn. Or like right now, we're giving away sunflowers from, oh. this is our second planting of sunflowers. So today, the people that come, they'll go home with a bouquet of sunflowers. So what we don't, what we don't use, we share it with our uh, community. And it actually- Totally circles back to your childhood right there. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Right now, I have, I have, we planted two acres of sunflowers. So every day, um, my friend uh, Pedro, who's like a brother to me, he picks up, we go to the bank, <laughs> we go to the cleaners, we go to um, uh, church, yep. and we bring them sunflowers because we have so many. <laughs> 
You just planted two acres of sunflowers. You yes. give them out to everybody. That It makes me want to like tear <laughs> up and cry. That's such a beautiful thing to give to people. It's such a happy flower too. And even just walking into your restaurant today and being greeted with all of these flowers, I feel... I just feel that warmth walking in. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's just such an enlightened, not, maybe not enlightening is not the right word, but it just, it's an en- enlivening thing to be able to hand these out to people at your errands or at church and then to see their reaction and then that to be something that you carry with you the rest of your day. Well, it really is uplifting. It uplifting. Yes. That's probably a better word. Yes. My vocab is limited today for some reason. Yes. Uplifting, I not find, enlivening. I yes. find it to be extremely uplifting when um, here uh, that people are leaving. We have these flowers. You can just see it. Just people. It just lights up people's faces. Yes. It, it feels absolutely amazing. Plus, the restaurant looks great. Yes. Uh, just gives it just more little zhuzh. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, so, um, Pedro and myself has been have been going out around to different businesses, just bringing them a case of uh, sunflowers because we have many. So we've got to share. Yeah, uh, you know what we what we have. It was my husband's favorite flower. Um, so it has like a a, a double meaning. Yep. Uh, and I don't know. I think sunflowers are just. Uh, it's like a smile. It is. Right? It's like a smile. So that's what we're doing uh, uh, right now. It's our second planting of uh, of the year. Actually, I think these came out nicer than our first harvest. Wow. Uh, this year it was too hot a little bit. I think this year. Yeah, I've heard of a thing called a heat wave that yes. happened this year. <laughs> I, I think that did kind of hit Absolutely. us. Absolutely. But I think like. One other thing that I just want to touch on on this subject is that not only was it kind of groundbreaking for you and Tony to decide farm to table was what you were going to commit to 25 years ago or in the year 2000, you know, a long 23 time, years, a long 23 time years ago, yeah. ago, but like. Can you just break it down for anybody who's in the restaurant industry today or was in the restaurant industry in the early 2000s? Like how much different is that to make that decision and commitment to go farm to table? Like, isn't it kind of, is it more cost effective over long term? but it's more, um, it's more pricey in the interim. Like how did you make that decision and how did that make economical sense for your business or how did you integrate that to still make money from that? Um, uh, my husband was never about, um, the money. Yeah. For him, it was very important that his food tasted better. Love and that. that was his driving force to do it. To be honest with you, yeah. it costs us a lot of money to produce yeah. farm to table. Yeah. Because it's organic seed. It's all the work that you have to do uh, beforehand in the greenhouse. We had to build a greenhouse mm-hmm. as it grew. Um, the labor that you have to spend money on, it really costs a lot of money. Yeah. But for him and for myself, the the taste and to, to upkeep the quality and uplift the quality yep. of what you're serving, you know, all you have Priceless. in life priceless yeah that's absolutely correct and Um, every day to be feeding people and knowing what you're feeding them is nourishing them and is top quality and top flavor and you feel pride in what you're serving and that might sound corny no people are like are they stupid they don't want to make a profit yeah we want to make a profit but at the end of the day all you have is your word yes and all you have is the product that you are giving to people Mm -hmm. um it's not all about the money it's not all about the success. Yes. It really is about that you are doing something good for humanity yes. and for the people that you have an opportunity to serve. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting a little teary-eyed I, about it, but it, I, I, I truly mean that. That's why he started it. And as he grew older, Tony mm-hmm. was 78 when he passed away, but that was really important to him yeah. um, to be able to continue to do uh, good in the world um it really still continues to cost us um talking to the restaurant tours out there um it does cost a lot of money to produce uh sometimes uh it it um we're not really making a profit on it yeah but if you look at it from a business standpoint from a marketing standpoint 
Yeah. It's brilliant because people know that what they are getting at our establishment is top notch. Your word matters. And I think like, and I'm really sensitive, so I'm kind of getting teary about this too, but I think it's so important for people. Like I'm asking, I asked you this, just kind of trying to relate to business owners out there that are trying to make money and, you know, have success and all of that. But we forget about that in this culture and where we are in this moment in America right now of what is true success and what we are actually giving and receiving in this world. And the way that you just phrase that of just that, we're only known for our word and what we're able to provide for people and just that you're building a bigger sense of community and progress in this world. There is nothing more incredible aspiring to be like, I'm just, we need to all remember that. That's such a big message that needs to hit home for people that it's not all about how much you're making every year. Like it doesn't mean your success should be built on those relationships, on what your, what care you put into the people around you. And it's about the world's legacy. You know, yes. what are we, what are we planting, and what are we leaving for the people and the children that are going to be coming forward? Yeah, uh, um, that's how I feel. Because when you, when you pass, when God calls us home, everything stays. Everything yeah. material stays. Yes. But those seeds that you have planted and what you have done uh, for your family and for your communities, that helps build a legacy for future generations. Yes. And it's something too, you know, with the work that you've done and the, and the experiences in life that you've had and that I've also had personally, that we get so fixated in this culture about material and the material is not what is bringing true happiness. It's not what's bringing true progress. And it's not our true connection point to other humans and bringing progress to this world. So it's just such an important thing. Like another reason why Casanova is so special because you feel that when you're walking. This is true hospitality. This is true being taken care of when you come in here. This is somebody actually caring about what's in your body and you having an experience that makes you happy with people you love around you. That's not how you feel in every space. It is so rare. And that the fact that you are the steerer of this ship, is it makes a lot of sense. Um, it makes me feel like um, I'm really doing some good in the world. You are. And I'm adding to the goodness of um, humanity. I'll share a, a small story yeah. with you. On Friday night, I had this little boy, seven years old. He wrote me this little note. He wanted to come and told his parents he didn't want to go anywhere else, but he wanted to come and spend his seventh birthday here at Casanova because he felt so good when he came here. And he wanted to share his birthday with me. What an intuitive <laughs> little child. <laughs> I I I, um, I put it next to my bedside um, just in case I'm having a bad yeah. day, I, so I can read it and remind myself about that. Uh, I thought this is amazing. What we're doing here is really good. Mm -hmm. That a seven-year-old can pick that up and say to his parents, "This is where I want to go for my birthday." Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> this oh. is just—I mean, but Maria, it's not. Like the the fact that a seven year old also can pick up in such a like pure way that he feels different when he comes into this space because it feels real to him and it feels love filled and it feels like he's greeted with farm fresh sunflowers and the food just tastes ten times better than if he goes to another restaurant. It's a beautiful thing. And I like I'm not trying to sound corny either. I'm just truthfully saying all of this to you but I, it's funny because I came into this interview thinking all right I want to talk about like this history and stuff but I also want to hit on some of these kind of buzzier questions too but it's like you know this this is the crux of it this is the story of like the story of love progress in the world humanity it's not it's not like 
what do we think about tipping culture right now as much, <laughs> you know, even though I still kind of want to ask you about that, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's a different, it's a different level of trust that you have in a restaurant that treats you with this much care. We really do care about every single guest that comes in our place. And sometimes, you know, we're not 100%. Sometimes you'll have somebody that might write a review or uh, might send us a, a note through our uh, platform for reservations, Resi. Mm -hmm. Every single review or every single note that we get, we respond. And wow. We, and we invite those people back. <gasps> what do you mean? How did this start? How did this become your process? You invite them back and you pay for their meal or? We send them a gift card. Oh my gosh. We send them a gift card. We, we truly care. We take it very personal when someone does not have a great experience. So when they take the time to write us or yeah. they'll go a review, I've had where they've put up a review on Google yeah. and I have responded, I've called, and they take it down uh, or they'll write us and say, we have never had a restaurant follow up like this, you know, with us because we truly do care. And it's not just about the money. Yes, it's going to cost us more yeah. for them to come back. But who cares? The important thing is mm -hmm. that we stand by our product. And what went wrong? Yes. You know, was it the service? Did you, did you not like the food or what you ordered? We need to make it right. And it's about building relationships. Absolutely. That's your priority. And Absolutely. I identify with that so strongly because that's how I operate as a human too. Like I want to do things that's building connections in this world versus like, hey, I'll pay you to do this or whatever. If it doesn't sit well with me, that's not what where I'm putting my intentions. And not to make that about me, but I also, you know, work in social media. So I intimately understand the amount of time energy and effort that it takes for somebody or you or pepe or whoever is behind the scenes writing back to every review you have over a thousand google reviews you have over 500 yelp reviews this is not a small number of people that you're corresponding with via reviews it's I, like I had that written down of, I didn't know that you responded to them. I just noticed oh. the uh, huge amount of reviews and how many positive reviews that you had. So uh, now knowing how the sausage is made, it's eye opening <laughs> for me, you know? Yes. My daughter, Carrie, uh, handles that situation. She joined uh, the team actually in uh, 2020 Okay, and she's an excellent uh, writer. So she watches all of that and everyone that comes through mom this came through we've got to respond and she responds and we follow up and that's why we're still open <laughs> dang so building relationships having integrity in your food and bringing love and progress to this world actually works people actually works you actually, actually can works. have a 25 plus year business that goes from generation to generation and is still teaching and attracting the next generation of little seven-year-olds wanting to have their birthday here you you can find the maximum amount of success on this earth if you play it that way instead of just bang trying to get it out for a dollar you know for a short amount of time you can have longevity health and happiness with this amount of time absolutely business. and believing uh in yourself and trying to do good in the world it really does work it takes a lot of work yeah but it does work it ain't easy it ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> none of this no. is easy i mean <laughs> Uh, but it, it's it's also not easy the other way either. Wherever path you want to take or whatever path you want to take, it's not going to be easy. So why don't you choose the path that's also fulfilling on both sides of the coin too? Absolutely. Um, that being said, I do have a lighter question for you and a more um, a question that deserves a long answer from you too. Lighter question. How in the hell do you have the energy that you have to have a restaurant open six days a week for 25 years? I, I would imagine at some point it was probably seven days a week in there too. How do you keep your foot on the gas for this amount of time? And 
can you ever just decompress and turn off? Or what does your seventh day of the week look like? (laughs) (laughs) Do you even know? Have you even thought, stopped for a minute to think, oh, what would decompression look like? what, I would what be is... bored out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. I would be bored out of my mind. Yeah. Um, I love what I do. Yeah. And the piece that I love the most is the interaction and the relationships that I have with people. If that's what I did all day, oh my God, yes, it would be absolutely fabulous. Thank God that uh, my team does some of the other items that I don't like as much, yeah, <laughs> which imagine. is really great. Um, but sometimes I crash on Sundays. Sometimes I do something, I, I love to travel. Okay. Uh, that always gives me new ideas to uh, make happen here at the, uh, at the restaurant. So sometimes I do take time off. Um, I have a great team here at uh, the restaurant. I have people that have been with me all 25 years. Um, Wow. Yes, ma'am. In this economy. Wow. Very, very blessed um, to be able to have uh, people that have been with me for a long time, 25 years, 23 years, 20 years. Lots of people that have been with me for a long time. So, um, sometimes it is hard Mm -hmm. to come in uh, every day. Um, but once I'm here, you have a strong cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I got one right here. (laughs) Uh, but once the doors open, it's like going on stage, you know, uh, performing time you're putting on. And then you, you have relationships with people that'll someone that you've never met before that'll come in and tell, share their story. And you're like, wow. I'd love to get to know you more. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to get to know me more as yes. well. And it just makes it worthwhile every single day. Dang. And the way that you speak is just so eloquently. It's like, it's poetic. It's, you really have the wisdom of all of this experience. And I think seeing the world through the lens of hospitality in a restaurant is really seeing the world pretty fully in a certain sense yeah that people allow you in their lives through food yes. it's amazing it's so personal it really you is. know and that they allow you in their own space wow you know sometimes when i've gone to fancy restaurants that they don't mm-hmm. touch i break all the rules here at casanova <laughs> we hug uh we kiss uh um, old school old school yes ma'am but old, old school. school should be the school like it should be the way because it it makes it so special it completely differentiates for me like I keep going back to the places that make me feel that sort of way that give me the hugs and the kisses of course it happens to be a lot of Italian restaurants that's just the (laughs) way it is but you know when I go in and I feel that they care that I'm in their space and loving the like nourishment that I'm getting through their food and like freaking out about how good it tastes or whatever and that they care versus if I go into a stuffy atmosphere that's supposedly good and like James Beer awarded whatever and I've had that experience this year where I went into a restaurant spent so much money on a meal because they had won a James Beard award in Atlanta and I was like so underwhelmed with love like in the space and what you're saying too it's a top-down approach of like you are extending so much love and your next generation your son Pepe your daughter Carrie like they're extending love your staff your dishwashers your prep cook like every facet of this business operates in that channel versus the get her done, get that paycheck mentality that is way more commonly found. Not that way here at all. No. <laughs> Not that way. I have a guest who's been eating with me, I think pretty much since I opened, I don't know how many times they've been here. And they said, Maria, if you asked me what I had to eat mm-hmm. the last few times I was here, I can't answer you, but I never forget how you make me feel. Mm. And when they said that to me, I, you know, I thought about it and I, I said, God, this is true. What we're doing is real. Yes. What we're doing is really making an impact yes. that people want to come back for that love. We put people say, well, what makes you different? We put love in our food. Yeah. 
Yes. You know, you could go to any other Italian restaurant and maybe have the lasagna. I think we have the best lasagna you in do. town. I can speak from experience. <laughs> you do. And I'm a big lasagna girly too, but continue on. Yes. But I say we, what makes our lasagna different, we're putting love into our lasagna. The people that are making it truly care mm -hmm. about what you're producing is an amazing and a great product. Oh, I mean... Huh. Now you got me thinking about lasagna, which should not derail the conversation about love, which is a much better, bigger and deeper conversation. But I think, like I said, my plan for this conversation, I had some other kind of buzzy things to talk about, but I just can't think of a better way to kind of encompass the spirit of Casanova and speaking with you and what you get when you come into this restaurant from what we've just been talking about. I, I think we have to just kind of, we have to wrap it up on that type of note <laughs> okay. of just the note of love, the note of food. Um, and like, like I said, I have so many notes on here that I'm just not going to get to. And it, it is, it is what it is. I, I'll do a part two if um, people would like to hear it um, on another time. I'd love to be asked. I would love, I mean, <laughs> Truly, and I'm not just saying this, this is a conversation that I feel, you know, we already connected on our horoscope. We're both Aries. We're kindred spirits in our, um, in our motivation on this world, which is to connect to people and specifically through food and the integrity through food. So, um, yeah, the, this conversation is a dot, dot, dot. It will continue. Um, but I just truly cannot say thank you enough for allowing me in your space to have the aromatherapy of lasagna nearby while I'm able to have this conversation with you for the first thing that I was like greeted with when I walked in besides the sunflowers to be okay which kind of wine would you like I'm going to get you a very nice wine and then bringing out this beautiful lovely chardonnay I feel so special being in this space and it really carries through in all the ways. And I, I feel special that you gave me any part of your time in this busy world that you're living in. So I just, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to meet you and, and to share time with you. And I love that we're both there. I do too. <laughs> Next time we meet, we're going to have to go to an astrologer together or something. We need Absolutely. our charts read together. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much uh, for thinking about family and hospitality and, and giving it its space in the world. I really appreciate it so much. God bless. Oh, right back at you thank you maria and then i guess last thing is there anything you want to plug uh your website social media any new menu items anything 21st 25th anniversary wise anything like that plug away okay <laughs> well uh they can find us at casanovarestaurant.com of course we're on instagram and we're on uh, uh facebook um, we have a sister company called Cork and Glass next door, so they yes. can also go to corkandglass.com. I hope you do a podcast on mm -hmm. uh, wine. Uh, my son is a certified psalm and uh, very I'm sure knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. And then also uh, our philanthropic uh, side of Casanova yes. is Purple Pansies. Yes. Uh, purplepansies.org. Uh, we raise uh, awareness and funding for pancreatic cancer. Uh, in the world. Um, so mm -hmm. those three items, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Maria. Okay. All right. We will be talking soon. This will not be the end of the conversation. Like I said, this is a dot, 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 but sending love to everybody listening and thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode of Sky's the Limit, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along in the meantime on Instagram at sky.estroff or sky-estroff.com. See you next week.